Hello and welcome to episode 84 of the Retro Game Time Machine podcast. This week, time travelers, we're having a chat about Cruise in USA and going back to the year 1996. At the time of recording, it is October the 5th. The year is 2023. I am Ashton Newton, and joining me through a series of tubes is my co-host, Andy the Android. Yo, yo, yo. Yo, what it is. <laughs> I just get tired of saying hello every time. I gotta hello. mix it up a little bit. <laughs> Oh, hi. Um, I didn't see you there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, how are you doing? Uh, doing all right. Um, I was trying to think. It's funny. I was listening earlier today to the last episode because I was like, I kind of don't remember how much time is pa- time has felt weird for some reason yeah. in the past two weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I oh, my God. Wait a second. <laughs> I didn't talk about this because this happened two days after we recorded the podcast. I won something. <laughs> yes, you did. <laughs> so uh, my local video game store was, they were doing a fundraiser for um, like Alzheimer's research. And I donated some money, which also meant that I bought some raffle tickets. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've never, I've never won stuff. So anytime I've, what's your luck with yeah, any, things? anytime I've been in a raffle before, like when I did this, I was like, this money is being donated and I need to feel good about just donating this money and having no expectation of it because, well, that's, that's what you do generally. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> when you enter a raffle, you're just giving away your money. <laughs> mm-hmm. So yeah, so I did that and, uh, I I was the grand prize winner of a brand new PlayStation 5 console, hey. four games, uh-huh. the wireless headset, mm-hmm. and an additional DualShock, not DualShock, DualSense wireless controller, and uh, an extra like charging cable and some like silicon grips for yeah. the controllers, which I, I haven't used yet, but... Um, so yeah, I got a PS5. Um, I was congratulations. Thank I, you. I must say, on, on behalf of the audience and everybody listening. Yeah, it was it was pretty wild. Um, my partner and I were at a frame store getting like getting one print custom framed, and then also looking for frames for other stuff. <clears throat> Excuse me, looking for other stuff. And then I looked at my email on my phone, and I was like, um. I just want a PS five. <laughs> <laughs> My partner was even just like, don't you already have one of those? I'm like, no, I don't. <laughs> I don't have that. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. So it's like, it's, it's right up. Uh, if I can use, there we go. It's right behind me for everyone who can't see what I'm pointing at. Yeah. I can um, see it. It's yeah. real. <laughs> it's real. It's right there. No, it's, it's super exciting. Cause you know, um, you you switch sides, right? You've abandoned your Series X and, and Game Pass. We're not going to talk about Game Pass anymore. No, nope, still going to talk about Game Pass. I've still <laughs> been playing a crap ton of uh, Starfield, but I did really feel like, man, I should like I was like I feel like I should be playing my new PS Five because I have one now. Yeah, and and like I got uh, Demon Souls, Lego Skywalker Saga. Um, which I mean, I already have on Xbox. Mm-hmm. Um, I got the PS5 version of Stray, <laughs> yeah, and I also got um, Spider-Man Miles Morales. 
which I, uh, never mind. I will talk about all of what I did with my PS five at the end of the show. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I got one and like, to me, it's, to me, I look at it like I got it for free since I just, I, I donated money with the expectation that I was donating money. <laughs> right. Yeah, totally. I mean, that's a heck of a prize. Cause I mean, it's like more than a thousand dollars worth of stuff basically. Yeah. Quite like, possibly. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was pretty wild. <laughs> it's, yeah. It's awesome. Um, it's, it's kind of like when I got my PS five for my birthday, it was a total yeah. surprise. And I was kind of like, well, I need to play this thing. So I gotta go yeah. buy some games and it, I was really glad I did because I'm like, oh, it turns out this is a great console. I didn't know that I wanted this, but I'm. Um, <laughs> yeah. No, no, no complaints, especially getting one for free, basically. Yeah. You know, it's great. <laughs> totally is. And I'm, I'm really happy because then, you know, now I have somebody to talk about PS5 stuff with, you know? Yeah. Um, now, now I can jump in and play some of those games that I've been missing and, yeah. and like all the games that I missed from the PlayStation Four generation, even though I have a PS Four, yeah. um, I don't know. Like I, you know, I, I was in, an, I had a bunch of pain using the PS Four controller for a while. I think part of it was part of my like stressfully playing Bloodborne on stream <laughs> too. You know, no less. Oh my god! Know. So yeah, so far with the Dual Sense, I've been fine, but I also really haven't played a whole lot. Yeah. So. I guess we'll see what happens. Um, yeah. And the other thing is, since you had an original PS4, you didn't have a PS4 Pro like no. I did. And so you're kind of like a lot of those patches and enhancements. Like, Yeah, I'll get to play the PS4 Pro version of stuff, which I'm stoked about. Yeah, like Horizon Zero Dawn is the reason I got a PS4 Pro, right? And yeah. God of War also looked great there when I was playing it. And, you know. Yeah, was, and I, I have that downloaded. It's ready for me. <laughs> yeah and they play even better on because now they have uh, 60 fps modes for those ps4 pro enhanced titles so man um, i'm gonna be living in the future yeah there, there's not a lot of those enhanced games i was thinking about it i mean i'm sure there's more than i'm aware of but i've just like a lot of developers they just either chose hey no we're just gonna sell you a definitive edition like you know control gta 5 you know it was kind of a new game um but some of those god of yeah. war some of those like i don't know like second party studios you know they they w- kind of threw that in for free right so, well god of war is sony right yeah yeah, that's that's Santa Monica true. studio Santa Monica studio I, I like forget that for some reason and then um uh i forget the guys who do i can't believe i forgot who does uh horizon it's the oh man i know uh, that i know the name of the studio i just the red factions guys yeah i can't oh, remember oh crap but, um a gorilla games is gorilla games i think yeah, you're right i, I think you're right was. yeah okay yeah anyway they're, they're kind of like second party because but um anyway uh yeah, so they're out there. There's there's some games, but at least you get all the PS4 Pro patches pretty much. So yeah. That's at minimum. So yeah, I just took over everything with my my PS5 stuff. What, what have you been up to? I think that's, you know, that's that's totally okay. I like talking about it too. I'm excited. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think things have still been busy. I think I took last weekend to just like kind of be lazy and I've been playing some games. Um, and... Th- that's kind of it. I mean, the 
weather sure been crazy. It sure cranked up the heat today, in particular in this weekend. Like it looks like we were getting some fall weather um, there in the you know 70s, and now it's back to 90. Yeah. Yep. There we go. You remember summer? It, it's, it's, it happened a little earlier than I expected. Yeah. But where we live, I, I often joke that October is the hottest month and it's only a half joke because we do get, usually get a couple of heat waves in October. So yeah, here we are. Um, yeah, I hate to be like hand wavy about it, but it's like about what I've been doing, but it's just kind of just living really. Yeah, um, that's fair. Days, I'm really tired. Um, been feeling like i don't know if it's just the rapid weather change but i've been just feeling funky you know day in and day out like one day i just kind of feel like i'm starting to get sick and then the next day i'm better and then it happens again and yeah i mean it could be like allergy stuff like it could be could be yeah could be kind of all over the place yeah because of the changing weather and whatnot you know makes sense it's like i i already have bad sinus stuff i always i might even sound a little stuffed up right now it's just and that quickly manifests. It usually comes from allergies, then it turns into sinus infection, and Lame. cycle continues. So, um, so yeah, fun times. Cool. Um, I just remembered my partner's my partner's uncle was here for like a week, and we had a nice yeah. time with him. And we also actually went and met my parents for breakfast last weekend. So it was like my parents, my partner, her uncle, and we all we all had a lovely breakfast, and then like. Walked around by the ocean. It was great. Um, yeah, and this, which kind of ex, you know, you would think that you haven't been playing that many games, but you've got a pretty decent list for later in the show too. Yeah, uh, a good amount of it was like not that much time, but yeah. Um, should we move on to our question? We talked about the weather, got that checked off. What we've yeah. been doing? <laughs> yeah, let's do it. Um, yeah, we got another uh, question from Chrono. It's actually technically three questions. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there were. Yeah, I think, um, um, but I, I'm cool with it because I mean, if we had multiple people asking questions, I mean, you know, I'd probably answer more than one question. So, or we'd say, "No, screw you. We're not <laughs> reading your question. Whoever gets here." First, no, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> um. All right. Well, first, I, I'm gonna. I'll read all three of them. Or, or should I? No, let's, let's do one at a time. Sure. How's that? How's that sound? All right. We got, uh, from Chrono, he asks, what's the longest game you've played because the game was long, whether it's the story, too many levels, et cetera. Um, what do you got? Um, you know, probably like in, in recent memory, Tears of the Kingdom is the one that comes to mind. I mean, I, I think I played the crap out of, you know, uh, Breath of the Wild, but I think I'm pretty sure I played Tears of the Kingdom for longer. Like I think I threw down about 90 hours <laughs> for Breath of the Wild, or 90 plus, maybe 100. But holy moly, we both know I'm about 170, 180 now, like yeah. double that amount. So that was crazy. I can't. I didn't even have a job when Breath of the Wild came out. Like what? How did I? Anyway, just played it a lot. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, video games. Uh. Uh, find a way. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) And, um, that's, that's really the only answer that I I can really come up with because I've, I I usually avoid long games. Yeah, uh, no, same. I, so for mine, I did, I, I did think of the breath of the wild, but then I started to fixate on like 
length of the game due to the story. And there was a lot of stuff that I did in Breath of the Wild that wasn't story related. And also, I kind of side mention here in my notes Skyrim, which is the same type of thing where like I played that game like as many or more hours in Breath of the Wild but I was doing a lot of side activities and other things of just like exploring and screwing around. And it, it, so I started to look at it like what was the longest, like what's the longest game that I've played to completion. And the story was just crazy long, like specifically the story. And that yeah. for me is persona four. Yeah. And cause it took me about 90 or so hours to finish the story of that game. Like, you can like you can do side stuff, but I feel like it's not the same because of the day structure of the game. And like the story can only advance if you advance the day and sometimes the days are forcibly advanced, like once certain things happen. Anyway, yeah, that that game's story is super long. And I'm 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 certain that Persona 5 and 5 the Royals story is even longer. I just haven't finished it yet. Yeah. yeah, but that one you you kind of you're taking in chunks, right? <laughs> so yeah, well, it's like I have I have an active playthrough of Persona Five and an active of Persona Five the Royal, and the one that I was doing for the Royal on my Switch, I was using a guide for literally everything, and mm-hmm. it started to burn me out. But it started to burn me out like thirty hours or something into the game. Okay, so I'm like at this point do I only go back to it when I want to continue using the guide a hundred percent of the time or do I just abandon it from this point forward? Yeah, that's kind of hard. So I'm just like, I don't like, I'm in a state of limbo with that game. Cause like yeah. I love it and I want to play more, but I'm like, I don't, I don't know what I should do with it. Cause mm-hmm. like actually you like part of what happened was I wanted to play it, but I didn't have my phone with me. <laughs> so oh. I didn't have a way to look at the guide. So I was like, crap, I can't play this game. <laughs> and then I realized like, like how kind of crappy that is where I'm like, I can't play this game unless I have my phone and I'm staring at my phone half of the time. So I'm like, I don't know. That's where I'm like, maybe I should just give it up. I loved playing uh, super Mario odyssey. Like I, but once I got to a certain point, I was like, okay, now I'm just grinding for moons and I'm looking up a guide, like how to find the ones I couldn't find. Yeah. I was like, this just feels like work. I don't, I don't want to play this yeah. anymore. So Yeah. So anyway, um, the next question that he had is, uh, what's the game that you've played the most, even if you've already done everything? Mm, That's a good question. Me first? Yeah. Yeah. So, well, there's some caveats here because the, both these games that I've mentioned are in like have incredibly long, like we'll say post game content, like on things that you can do afterwards, like Sonic Adventure 2, like I finished the story and everything, but I just used to fire that thing up on my GameCube and just race through my favorite levels as fast as I possibly could, you know, occasionally working my way through the story again and uh, this and that, but I just played the heck. I don't, you know, I don't have data on how long I used to play that game, but I I probably would say probably more than 200 hours if I had to guess, you know, for some reason that was like my favorite game on the GameCube. Um, And then another one on on the PlayStation 2, Lego Star Wars, when I got that, I got my, you know, one of the first few games I got for my PS2 Slim and I used to 
play the heck out of that. And it's just because I, I was really into Star Wars and I just liked experiencing the story that way because it was a fun game to play. Like yeah. not a lot of the Star Wars games were were awesome. Like and or if, you know, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to making people mad here. I can tell um, <laughs> it's just like uh, looking at you, Gerald. Um, <laughs> but for example, like I enjoyed playing um uh what what was the um uh star wars battlefront 2 battlefront why yeah why couldn't i think of that it's it's a weird day for me anyway battlefront um i enjoyed that but like just somehow like because the lego games followed the films pretty much like for some reason that was really appealing to me so i just like playing the story over again it was great you could switch out the characters like what if darth maul was here (laughs) instead you know like just played the heck out of it. I did collect everything to unlock the uh, New Hope final level. It's like the you play the intro of New Hope as Darth Vader at the end if you collect all the, they call the minifigs. Um, okay. So I think there's like 10 to each level. So eventually I kind of like stumbled upon or found them all and so I could play the last level. But any game after that in the Lego Star Wars series, it started getting crazy longer to like the things that they used to have missions like you know you had to beat every level like at least once without dying like you had to collect so many um bits i guess lego bits Mm -hmm. and to me like that that's where lego kind of falls apart for me i don't like having to destroy everything (laughs) like it kind of gets old for me pretty quick um i just like playing through the game so um yeah, that's that's my answer. What what about you? Um, initially I was like, well, it's GTA five or it's one of the GTA games because yeah. I have spent so much time loading up a story complete save to then just go like bonkers and like starting like starting back in high school, I remember with GTA three sitting with friends just taking turns like going on a rampage basically in gta 3 and just like and then in uh and then in vice city and then actually not so much in um san andreas but the first two yeah yep um just like passing a controller around like oh man only got like four stars and then i died like let's see if you can get six stars um yeah it's i don't know that that series has just been a series that if I just kind of want to idly do something in a video game, like I'll throw on GTA and just drive around or something mm-hmm. or just like walk around. I don't know. Hop on a bike, like whatever, get in a plane, a helicopter, like yeah. not even, not even do anything aggressive. Just like traverse the world and see what's up. I did that a lot in San Andreas. Like that was, that was like my Grand Theft Auto. I think I've probably said that before, yeah. but um played that one a lot um yeah Yeah, that's that's what i got uh the last question was have you replayed games more than twice which ones yeah like all the way through so um you know san andreas was probably the first grand theft auto i beat but gta 5 is the only one that i've i've played through like several times like I got it on the PS3, played through the story, got it on the PS4, didn't play through the story. 
<laughs> um, I think I then got it on PC. I played through the story. I feel like there's a third one in there that I haven't. Well, I feel like even if you've started it after you've completed the game now two yeah. times, I feel like that counts. Yeah. I, I, I feel like I've maybe done it on PC twice because I did a first person run on, on PC when that came out. Yeah. So that was most of the time. I think there were very select sequences that I, I did not do third person, but yeah, um, maybe involving following a plane or something, but I otherwise pretty much anything you're on foot. Definitely. Um, the, uh, the other one, Half-Life 2, that's like people, I mean, I have friends, they give me a lot of crap for that. I'm like, how many times I'm playing through? I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Yeah. I think that's perfectly reasonable. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I just, you know, need to experience it every so often, you know? I get I, it. I mean, I, I think I beat it in the mid-aughts at some point. Or no, actually, that was kind of interesting because I didn't, finish it on my mom's pc when i first got it it had some sort of graphics card because it was able to run the game i i think and just took wicked long time for it to load between like sections but um i i think then i got it on xbox and i put in a cheat code so i could get to the chapter i was on so i could actually finish it for the first time but that orange box 360 i played through it there um yeah and then played through it several times since on the pc so and once for the show. How about that? Yeah. <laughs> uh, what about you? You got a you got a low list here. <sighs> this is all I can remember off the top of my head, but yeah. I have played GTA five all the way through three times. And because I, I played it on the 360, I played it in first person the whole game on PS4. And then oh. I just beat it again on the Series X, and I've also played it on PC, but I haven't beat it on the PC. I see. Um, I've played through GTA 4 uh, two or three times on the 360. I've only ever finished that one once. Oh, like, yeah. I've, <laughs> but, I've, I've finished it, yeah, like two, three times. Okay. Um, I love I loved that game so much it's, when it came out. Good, I still enjoy it. I, I still enjoy playing it. It still holds up, I think, and everything. It's just... I've never made, I've attempted it many times. I've probably started five times since I, I finished it the first time. But anyway, I have beat state of decay two five times Yeah, for an achievement. <laughs> uh, for four of them. Yeah. Or four of the playthroughs. Yes. The fifth yeah. time was just because I was still having fun. Okay. Wow. Um, yeah, there's, uh, there was something about that game right at that time. Like, I feel like I, I think I've played that game over 300 hours now, and oh. I don't know if I can go back. <laughs> I'm waiting for the third game. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've played through the original Half-Life. I don't know how many times. Same with Half-Life 2. I've, I've beat Half-Life 2 at least eight to ten times, I think, mm-hmm. at least. Yeah. Um, Half-Life 2 Episode 1, I've beat two to three times. Same thing with Episode 2. Half-Life Alex, I've already completed twice, and I've almost completed a third playthrough. Mm-hmm. Um, the original Call of Duty, I know that I beat that a few times when it was new, and then we played it for the show. Um, same thing with Call of Duty 2. I've played through it a couple times over the years. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first four Super Mario Brothers games, I've beat multiple times each. Sure. Um, yeah. Uh, Turtles in Time... Like Parappa the Rapper, Goldeneye, 
Um, and then I started like, I started going to list out like all of these like arcade, but on console games that I've beat, which technically turtles in time is kind of that way. And that's where it started leading me to. And then I was like, well, I don't know that that probably defeats the, some of the, I guess, thought behind the question. Like I'm assuming Chrono's not like, what arcade games have you played all the way through repeatedly? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Because, yeah, I'd have more than double the amount of games if that were the case. So anyway, yeah. Um, at first, I was kind of surprised at how many games have played more than twice. And then I'm also not really that surprised because, like, I don't know. I like I like having my specific comfort games, I guess, every now and then. Or there's something that I just get, like, an itch to play that's been like, oh, man, it's been five or ten years since I played that. I loved that. I got to play that again. Yeah, I, I should probably throw in Super Mario 64 because I've gotten to the end, you, you know, a handful of times and I've gotten 120 stars twice. So <laughs> that's that's something. Yeah, um, that absolutely counts. So I guess Super Mario Galaxy because you have to beat it twice to get all the stars, like 121 yeah. stars twice. There you go. And then we played it again for the podcast. I went for 100, 120, but I didn't quite get there. I was very close. <laughs> But it's it's always those last ten or so that are the longest in that game. So, um, so yeah, there. That's what we oh. got. We're 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 a ways into the show, and we haven't even talked about the news yet. Yeah, it's we'll okay. keep we'll keep it brief. I um, mean, you know, just fair warning. I mean, we're we're we definitely had fun and enjoyed uh, cruising USA, but <laughs> there's a, there might not be a whole lot to talk about either. Yeah, we'll so. see. We'll see. We'll, we'll see, see what, what happens. happens. There've yeah. been a lot of times that I've thought that, and then it's like this episode was two and a half hours long, and I'm like, "Holy <laughs> crap!" <laughs> um. All right. Well, first thing up in the news: uh, Nintendo 3DS and Wii U online functionality is ending next April. So, uh, play all your 3DS and Wii U games that you want online, like as much as you can, before then. <laughs> Yeah, I I kind of already thought that this had happened because the eShop closed. I was like, well, you can't play games online. Obviously, they would would have shut it down. But I was like, that's I guess it makes sense that they would keep that on for a, yeah a while longer. But yeah, um, April uh, twenty twenty four. Say goodbye. I w- I wonder if there'll be one of those stories like when Halo two before it went offline, a bunch of people got on and they just marathoned it, <laughs> like so that they had to keep the servers on. <laughs> I yeah I uh, somewhat related because there is also a new Xbox Live I think called Insignia. Um, somebody or a group of somebody's has been working on something called Pretendo, I think, or oh. Pretendo Network or something. Uh-huh. And it's something where they are trying already to work on the Wii U and 3DS XL stuff, or sorry, 3DS stuff to be able to continue to play those online. Yeah. Like even nice. after this stuff goes offline. So, yeah. I mean, it, it, it notices that, or it notes that Pokemon Bank will be usable. Like I was thinking about the competitive Pokemon scene. That's, that's a thing. Um, yeah. So. Uh, yeah, sad, sad that it's going away. I, I want to go. I want to go back in time and just enjoy that stuff again. You know, <laughs> or you was, can do it before April. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can pretend I can with pretend the <laughs> like forty other people that are also trying to do the same thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. 
I'm like telling myself I can still catch all the Pokemon. I can still go back, but I kind of, I gotta go back, Kate. I got to a point. I was thinking about that going back to, you know, firing up red and blue on the DS because you, or the 3DS because you can move your Pokemon forward in that That's for the first time. Just trying to like catch as many as I can and like keep my collection, just go through each game. But some of them are so ridiculously hard to catch that I think I would get quickly exhausted. Yeah. Um, playing through so maybe another time so our next story please um after play emulator finally gets offline save support um so i actually didn't know about this but after play seems to be a browser-based emulator yeah there's a little section in the article here because uh, I am one of these people, says, if you've never heard of Afterplay, then you've been missing out on one of the most useful web-based emulators out there. Yeah, I've never heard of it until I saw this article. Okay. Um, this uh, unique solution, um, wait, does not use the same JavaScript-based emulation that other browser emulators are doing. Instead, using WebAssembly ports of real MGBA, SNES, 9X, and Sameboy. So that's cool. Yeah. Um, Ooh, and it has fast forward, rewind, slow motion, cheats, controller support, hotkeys, and profiles. Dang. Just going to throw my Nintendo consoles away. I don't, <laughs> I don't need well, them anymore. Let's not, <laughs> just, let's no. not get crazy. <laughs> you know, I just, I, I think that's cool though. But yeah, that's uh, that's pretty sweet. Um, you, you apparently create an account and you don't download anything. You just, you just do it through your web browser. Yeah, I imagine you gotta drag and drop your ROMs or something there. But um, yeah, I don't know. That's cool. I I would assume so. But anyway, yeah. cool web based web based stuff. Here. I'm so sorry. I'm interrupting. No, you're good. <laughs> Please, just, um, you do need to provide your own ROM files and load them on the site to play a game. Okay. I wonder if theoretically you could still do this from like an iPhone. Yeah, I like wonder if too. If you keep it in the like local, like keep your files in your local file structure, if you can actually like upload it to the web page and play. Um, yeah, it says here, and all the saves do work by loading your settings and game to the site as well. Cool. So that's neat. Uh, I'll have to check that out. Put that in my to-do list. Yeah, I thought you might think it was interesting with... Uh, with having the Steam Deck. Like, not that there wouldn't be a better way for you to already do it, but thought you might be like, this is neat, and like, fire it up and see how it works. Yeah, that, that would be kind of cool, because it'd be a computer with a controller already yeah, set up with exactly. it. Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah, I'll check that out. I, I wonder if you just go to the, the Steam web browser to the site, and just <laughs> we don't even have to leave the... Um, uh, you don't even get to desktop mode. You can just stay in the game experience. That'd be cool. <laughs> yeah. Well, you got anything else before we get get in our time machine and go talk about Cruising USA? Not that, not that I can uh, think of. All right. Let's do it. Let's get in that time machine. And we have arrived. It is December the 3rd, 1996. And hark, on that CD player boombox over there, uh, is the number one song in the U.S. today, which is Unbreak My Heart from Tony Braxton. 
I love this song and video. I watched it so much when I was a kid on MTV. <laughs> I've never seen the video. No. This is a this is a banger song though. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Oh yeah. Poor guy gets in a motorcycle accident and she's all sad. Um, I mean, of course, as you would be. <laughs> yeah. But um yeah, it's good stuff, man. I yeah, I had a it's like pulling this up and watching it. I was like, oh yeah, I had a real crush on Tony Braxton. I forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Every time a old Mariah Carey video comes out. I'm like, yeah, yeah. Just like, <laughs> oh, yep. That's right. <laughs> Young me like really loved her. Yep. Still, still in there somewhere. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's so, yeah, it's just so funny to, to like remember stuff like that. Yeah. It's like, ooh, <laughs> you had a crush. <laughs> All right, now that's wrapping up. Uh, number one song in the UK is "I Feel You" from Peter Andre. I've never, I'd never heard this. Like, oh. I, I pulled up the video, I listened to the song, and like, even my partner was like, "What is this?" I was like, "I don't know." It was the number one song in the UK today. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I'm listening to it now. I'm. It sounds vaguely familiar, but also the um, the audio quality is not so great. Oh, so yeah. that really was that, That's funny. That was one thing that she pointed out, too. It was like, why does it sound so bad? It was like, I think it's just the the the, the upload they did. I don't know. Yeah, it sounds... Especially like after playing Unbreak video. My Heart. Yes. Yeah, yeah, it's like, it's so compressed, but also like, feels like somebody used a little like mono boombox to record next to a stereo and like now we're playing back that recording anyway yeah something like that very flat yeah so. uh all right other things happening this month in december of 96 december 4th nasa's first mars rover launched from cape canaveral uh also december the 4th orlando, orlando magic tie the record for fewest points scored since inception of a 24 second clock losing to Cleveland Cavaliers 84 to 57. That's that's uh, a pretty low score. Okay, I got it. The um 24 second shot clock was uh, new. sort of changed the game because yeah. you had to hurry up. <laughs> you can't just take your time. <laughs> so uh December the 18th, US TV industry execs agreed to adopt a ratings system. All right. Uh, December 21st, Taiwanese-American AIDS researcher David Ho was named Time Magazine's Man of the Year. Music release this month includes the Parappa the Rapper soundtrack from Masaya Matsuya, uh, Muddy Waters from Red Man, One Fierce Beer Coaster from the Bloodhound Gang. Man, I gotta say, the Bloodhound Gang has not aged well at all. Ooh. I loved them. I thought they were so funny, and now it's... 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 It's pretty bad. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, we also had True from La Conciel, uh, Supernatural Birth Machine from Cathedral, Fruitcake from Eraserheads, uh, and Sweet Furniture, It Is Time to Start from Lars. Most of these I don't know. <laughs> yeah, Lars with a Z, that one kind of throws me off. Yes, with, with Sweet Furniture, It Is Time to Start. Anyway, uh, <laughs> movies released this month include Vanishing Point, His Story, the Michael Jackson thing, uh, on film, part two, Joyride, the fam uh, Family Plan, Highball, Generation X, Scream, Little Witches, One Fine Day, Jerry Maguire, Mars Attacks, Evita, The Cherokee Kid, and this timeless classic, 
Beavis and Butthead do America. I, I need to rewatch that because I was too young when I saw it. I saw sure. that in the theater and I was probably also too young to, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, also, video games released this month include Star Wars, Shadows of the Empire for the Nintendo 64 in the United States and Mario Kart 64 in Japan. Uh, we also have Ignition, Furcadia, Death Rally, and NBA Hangtime for the PC. We also saw Mega Man on the PS1 and Terranigma for the Super Nintendo Entertainment System, but only in Europe. I had to look up what Furcadia is because I had no idea. It is an MMO oh. with animals or something. Or so- <laughs> Okay, okay. That, um, I was going to say like... It was a very long-running MMO apparently because I also was like, what is Furcadia? Yeah, I'm trying to think of other animal MMO things, and I'm, I can only think of Club Penguin for some reason. But that's it. Next, next game we're playing for the show is Furcadia. <laughs> oh, you know, I was thinking about this. This is a weird tangent, but I was like, we should make a list of games that we'll never cover. Like sometime, anyway, just something to think about. Furcadia. Like, <laughs> yeah, or you know. World of Warcraft, like it's not gonna happen. Like <laughs> plumbers don't wear ties. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, so for for various reasons and other. Anyway, something. Stay tuned for that. I'll keep working on that. Um, but we're <laughs> it would talking be kind about, of a funny episode. <laughs> just yeah, just like a game of the year thing or something. Like, like that. here's anyway. games we'll never talk about. <laughs> but let's talk about the games we'll never talk about. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. Um, at least say some things about them. This is your chance. Yeah. We're not, you're not getting an episode. You're getting a sound bite. <laughs> <laughs> so cruise in USA, the game we are talking about today, um, released uh, as previously stated, December 3rd, 1996. Today it is playable on arcade, Nintendo 64 and Nintendo Wii. And that's it. Yep. Um, or it's also on that uh, Afterplay emulator, maybe. That I, web-based. <laughs> oh, yeah, there you go. Yeah. I'm just, my brain's not working today. I'm just I'm like, just tying what? it back. Yeah, no, that's perfect. Uh, makes total sense. Uh, but as for the history, in the early part of 1994, Nintendo made an agreement with WMS Industries, the parent company of Midway, which allowed Midway to create not one, but two arcade games. Uh, these games two. were <laughs> promoted as the first versions of the Ultra 64 hardware. And they formed a joint venture called Williams slash Nintendo to bring these games to Nintendo's consoles. Nintendo was looking to compete with Sega's popular racing game, Daytona USA, uh, <laughs> for Namco's Ridge Racer. Uh, which, sorry, both of which were successful at the time. Eugene Jarvis, known for developing Defender in 1981 and Robotron 2084 in 1982 for Williams Electronics, led the development effort. Jarvis pitched his racing game idea to both Williams and Nintendo. I think it's kind of interesting we're talking about Williams because I'm like, I can't recall any other games that i've played that have <laughs> like i've never heard of them before yeah i so there's i can't remember the name of the documentary but i have it and it mm. basically like it goes over the history of like valley midway and williams oh. 
And there were two separate companies. One bought the other company. They didn't like each other. <laughs> um, but the, like, this is where we got um, NBA Jam. This is where we got Cruising USA. This is where we got Mortal Kombat. Like, so mm-hmm. anyway, like it's it's at least the mixture of those two companies. But I think Eugene Jarvis with Williams was not from the same team from Midway, like where we got the Mortal Kombat series and NBA Jam and, and NARC and stuff like that. But anyway, I see. Okay. It's really interesting. And I'll find the name of the documentary and share it with you. It's, it's really good. Yeah. I'd love to watch it. Um, in June, 1994 at the consumer electronics show, the arcade version of the game along with rares killer instinct was showcased running on ultra 64 branded arcade hardware. This branding tied it to Nintendo's upcoming home console, which was codenamed Ultra 64 at the time. A few months later, Howard Lincoln, the chairman of Nintendo of America, revealed that Cruisin' USA had actually been programmed before the development tools for the MIPS CPU-based console version of the Ultra 64 uh, were available from Silicon Graphics. At this point, Rare was the only development company with access to those tools. The Cruise in the USA cabinet displayed at the Consumer Electronics Show was actually running on a modified JAMA board. The arcade version ran a Midway V unit, which was significantly different from the Silicon Graphics-based Nintendo 64. The V unit consisted of a 50 megahertz TMS 32031 CPU and a 10 megahertz ADSP 2115 DSP for sound uh, and a custom 3D and a custom 3D chip capable of rendering perspective correct but unfiltered quads at a high resolution of 512 by 400 pixels. That's a lot of technical stuff that nobody yeah. actually really knows anything about. But yeah, who, well, who could forget the uh, TMS 32031? Oh like. man, and the 10 megahertz ADSP 2115 <laughs> DSP. You know the one. Jeez. <laughs> uh, the developers at Williams had to make significant downgrades uh, to the arcade graphics to adapt the game to the home console hardware. Originally, Cruise in USA was announced at launch as a launch title for the Nintendo 64 along with Killer Instinct. However, less than a month before the, the launch date, it was removed from the lineup and sent back to Williams for adjustments because... It did not meet Nintendo's quality standards. I think I know what that was. (laughs) Uh, Several elements of the game, such as the ability to run over animals and depictions of Bill and Hillary Clinton, were censored in in the Nintendo 64 version. During the final months of development, people sent letters or emails expressing their dissatisfaction with the censorship. We want to run over animals, dang it. Yeah. Uh, Eugene Jarvis also publicly voiced his objection, stating, it seems like they don't have a sense of humor. I don't know what's wrong with these people. And it's like, I'm, I might add, they put a shirt on the trophy girl. <laughs> that was the other, that was, had to be another thing. True. And I remember at the time was like, oh, that sucks. But like, I feel like that makes the game age a little bit better is that it's yeah. not quite as like overly, like overtly sexualizing the like woman who's giving you a trophy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It just tones it down just a little bit. Yeah. You know? She's, she's also wearing like a skirt instead of it, like being like a two piece, very small bikini. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> As for the reception, the arcade version of cruising USA enjoyed both 
critical acclaim and commercial success. In November 1984, Replay Magazine reported that it was the second most popular deluxe arcade game in the United States. Additionally, Playmeter listed it as the second most popular arcade game in December of 1994. The game ranked among the top five best-selling arcade games in 19, of 1994 in the U.S. and received a prestigious Diamond Award from the American Amusement Machine Association, or AMAA. <laughs> it continued its success by becoming the highest grossing dedicated arcade cabinet of 1995. Oh, wow. Okay. So then 1994, we had NBA Jam, mm-hmm. like yep. raking in money. And then they follow up with Cruising USA in 95. I mean, as far as like money consumption, that's wild. Yeah, they were making a killing. When Next Generation reviewed the arcade version, they noted that while it might not match its rivals graphically, it excelled in other areas comparable to games like Sega's OutRun. On the other hand, the Nintendo 64 version received mostly negative reviews, earning a game ranking score of 50.63% based on 16 reviews. I'm sorry, are they crazy? <laughs> Only 50%? I don't know, maybe I got nostalgia goggles on. It's possible. Uh, critics widely criticized issues such as the choppy frame rate. That just means it's way too powerful for the hardware. <laughs> like, why do they not get this? <laughs> it's not poorly optimized. It's too powerful. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> uh, subpar collision detection and the music, which was deemed stylistically inappropriate and poorly composed. Ooh. I'm going to have words with them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, next, I mean, uh, anyway, next generation's verdict was that this hasty and lackluster conversion was not what the Nintendo 64 needed. Well, I'm glad I needed it. (laughs) I needed it. And I loved the game. Um, opinions on the N64 varied slightly. GameSpot's Jeff Gersman. I was just listening to his podcast earlier. (laughs) About Cruising USA. Uh, he did not talk about some other things. Um, some other retro games, which I can't talk about cruise at USA, Jeff. (laughs) Uh, so GameSpot's Jeff Gersman praised the controls when using the N64 controllers analog stick, but ultimately found the game to be a significant disappointment. Game pros, air Hendricks had more, had a more mixed reaction, criticizing elements like the pop-up, in the two-player mode, what? Okay. Like popping graphics Oh, when you're popping. playing in split yeah. screen. Okay, that makes sense. And lack of variety, but still suggesting it as a rental, not a purchase. If not, if a, not a purchase. If not See, a purchase. he's oh, still okay. criticizes it like, but you might still want to buy it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there you go. You wink, wink. Um, Pierre Snyder of IGN and Craig Kujawa of Electronic Gaming Monthly highlighted the two-player split-screen mode as the game's strong point, but noted that the frame rate issues were even worse in this mode. Uh, Dean Hagar, uh, Hager, of co-reviewer with Kujiawa, Kujawa? Wow, I I went two different directions, Kujawa, (laughs) we're going to go with. Uh, commented that the game failed to showcase the N64's processing power, and Snyder predicted it would be a low point for N64 racing games for a long time. Damn! (laughs) Anyway. 
Uh, despite the negative reviews, the Nintendo 64 version of Cruising USA achieved strong sales due to the console's popularity and limited game library at the time. It ranked as the sixth best-selling video game during the 1996 Christmas shopping season. By the end of 1997, it had sold over a million copies. In 1995, Flux Magazine ranked the arcade version 63rd on its top 100 video games list. Reviewing the virtual console release in Nintendo Life, Damian McFerrin echoed many of the original criticisms about the jerky frame rate, poor collision detection, and lack of speed and excitement. He even opined that the arcade original was a fairly mediocre game. Ooh. <laughs> so uh, that's the thing about like revisionist reviews. Like yeah. there was a whole thing a number of years ago on the uh, player one podcast where somebody was like Sonic, Sonic the Hedgehog was never a good game. Mm-hmm. And it's like that started this whole thing. Like, so people going back and saying this was never good. It's like, no, I'm sorry. It was. You are not there for the proper context <laughs> and yeah. everything that goes with it. I don't know. Anyway. No, you you have to actually directly compare it with other games that came out at the time. Yeah. You know, to But also, you know what? To be fair, maybe Damien McFerrin just doesn't like arcade racing games. And no matter what is gonna say an arcade racing game just isn't good. <laughs> yeah. I'm just going to go with that. Yeah, yeah. I'm just going to think they just don't like arcade racing games. (laughs) Just like their opinion, man. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Um, So we have an overview here. Um, Cruising USA is an arcade and Nintendo 64 racing game known for its straightforward and arcade-style gameplay. Wow. (laughs) Arcade style, you don't say. Um, In the game, players choose from a selection of sports cars and race across various tracks set in iconic American locations. Here's Mostly a California. Mostly California. <laughs> <laughs> Here's a summary of the gameplay. Um, so number one is car selection. Players can choose from a variety of sports cars, each with its own attributes, such as speed and handling. Number two, racing tracks. The game features several tracks set in different American locations, including cities, deserts, and coastal areas. Gameplay mechanics. Uh, Players race against computer-controlled opponents or other players in the arcade version while uh, avoiding obstacles, traffic, and other hazards. Uh, Checkpoints. Uh, The game is divided divided (laughs) into stages and the players must pass through checkpoints to progress. Missing a checkpoint leads to a time penalty. Um, I don't know. Can you even miss a checkpoint? I think it's possible. I got close pretty, um, but I didn't, I I figured that the race would end if I, if I lost just because I will talk about it, but repeatedly hitting cars that will not move out of the way. Oh man. Um, I'll read number five and I'll let you take over. Um, sure. Number five is time limit. Players are given a time limit to complete each race, running out of time results in a game over. Okay. So the number six that this put here, uh, I'm going to full disclosure this, this last section here, uh, cause there wasn't a whole lot that seemed interesting from Wikipedia. Mm-hmm. I asked, uh, artificially intelligent friend to just say like, Hey, write up, write up a, an overview of the gameplay of cruising USA. And I took it and I thought there was a problem with this, but I still oh. wanted to leave it in here and talk about it just in case. Okay. Nitro boost. 
Is that even in the game? Um, it's in I, it's in later cruising games. Is it in this one? If it is, oh. I don't know. Like I I don't remember it ever existing. Yeah, because I thought there's a trick where you can like hit the brakes and hit the gas and it gives oh, you a boost. Oh, and you like pop but up, you right? Do a wheelie, but I don't. I for the longest time when I was playing this, I didn't know which button was the brakes. I just used the gas all the time okay. to keep going. So, um, so I didn't get to test it. So okay, so maybe that's what it's talking about for the Nitro yeah. Boost, because I definitely know Nitro Boosts exist in future cruising games. Because I remember in the arcade just slamming the brake in the yeah. gas just over and over to get those boosts, yeah. Okay, so Nitro Boost. Players can activate a Nitro Boost for a burst of speed, useful in overtaking opponents, or catching up and falling behind. Uh, we have obstacles. The tracks are filled with obstacles like other cars, roadblocks, and environmental hazards. Players must navigate these obstacles to maintain their speed. Finishing. <laughs> the goal is, oh, that's funny. The goal is to f- complete each race. Wow, really? Within the time limit, avoiding crashes and reaching the finish line before opponents. Wow. I didn't know that's how a race worked. <laughs> uh, scoring players earn points based on their performance, and the game may feature a high score leaderboard. Well, not score, but like like fastest time. Uh, overall, Cruising USA offers a fast-paced arcade-style racing experience with a focus on fun and excitement, making it accessible to players of all skill levels. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, positive. Yeah, yeah. On that. Um, you know, from from my experience with the game, I do remember renting this game, but I never like felt like I needed to buy it um, because it's you you play a few races, you know. Um, but I, I do remember playing it in the arcade. I don't really have specific memories because the problem is um, in my younger days, you know, at, at some point it became Cruising World, like as I grew up. And that yeah. just sort of happened. It was Cruising World, Cruising Exotica. Yeah. I just knew I wanted to play the cruising game whenever yes. I was there, you know. So I just grabbed whatever was there. So I think I was pretty, I was probably 10 or younger when cruising was around, you know, like, so I don't really quite remember, um, cruising USA that is. So in my teens, it was kind of cruising world at that point. Um, but cruising world was next, right? Exotica was the third one. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then now cruising blast in 2021, I think. Yeah, yeah, and I sent you a picture. I found the arcade cabinet. Which yes, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to take you there. It's it's just a random pizza place that's around. Oh <laughs> heck yeah! So anyway, that we'll ties just... into what I'll be talking about in just a moment. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Um, and I just like I I called out the cover art here because it's just like really good cover art. Um, I have to yeah. hold this up for nobody to see, but I have just... my very nice looking original box of my cruise in USA that I got back, I think in Christmas of 96. I just have good feelings whenever I see it. And like, I kind of get what the reviewers are saying. Like it's not the best racing game on the N64, like for sure. But I just, I like it. I have fun playing it. Yeah. I think it's, it's very fun. playable. Um, and the arcade version, I thought it was so cool that there was a shifter, you know, you had to shift the gears. And when I was a kid, I just, I really wanted to drive so that I could, Heck gears, yeah, man. You know? That's why I loved I, racing games so much. I just wanted to drive. Yeah. I, I knew the shifting order when I was seven, you know? Like, yeah. <laughs> I used to sit in my mom's bug and go through the gears, you know? Oh, <laughs> yeah, man. Awesome. So anyway, what your, what's your experience with it? 
Uh, yeah. So like I mentioned, I got, I'm, I got it for Christmas in 96. So it was, it was new. Um, I'd only had my N64 for like maybe a month or two at that Mm -hmm. point. Um, yeah, but so I, I played the heck out of this game. I loved it. Like I already loved the arcade game because the arcade game came out in 1994 and this game came out in 1996 (laughs) and the, the arcade game was at the local pizza shop around the corner from my house. So like every Friday I would go to that pizza shop with my parents and it was like, well, I guess it was like technically every other Friday. Um, so I'd go there with my parents, go there with my stepsister, usually like have my cousin or a friend come with me. And at that pizza parlor, there was Area 51, Cruising USA, Tekken, and some other arcade game. And then they also had like a UFO catcher, like claw game, yeah. picking up like um, stuffed animals and stuff. And then, oh yeah. man, those, those like you put in 50 cents slide it in and then pull it out and it gives you like a little thing with like stickers or temporary tattoos they had like a bunch of those um at this pizza place also man that was the best (laughs) this pizza place that i just went to you know it i was kind of disappointed and delighted like cruising was there but that was the only arcade game and next to a a grabby claw and that's it like oh okay i was like oh man like (laughs) fair enough um so yeah, like I just was like with, with, with getting this for the Nintendo 64, I was just really excited to be able to play one of my favorite arcade games at home. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, like, I don't know. Like I just accepted the reality of the arcade is always going to be better than what you can play at home, which that's, yeah. it's funny. Cause that's not the case anymore. But <laughs> for a period of time, it's like, well, yeah, like if I'm going to get the home console version of this, it's going to be as good as it can be on a home console. Cause it's like, I don't have the full arcade, like, come on, I don't have the arcade machine in my house. Like, of course it's not going to be exactly the same. Yeah. And they, they were knocking the two player. I'm like, you need two machines to run two player at, at the arc. Yeah, you know? seriously. Like, the fact that you could do it split screen in your home when you already own a copy of the game and not have to like shell out 50 cents per person or a buck per person, depending on where you were playing it. Like, come on, yeah. like that's a no brainer. Like, sure. It's not going to perform as well, but like that's obvious. <laughs> yeah, I think it is. Yeah. Um, I don't know. At least, at least for the, like, at least for today or sorry, at least for then, like that completely made sense. Yeah. Um, so let's see. So yeah, like, you know, arcade games for me at that time, it's like, if I loved an arcade game and I was able to get a home console version of it, yeah, I'm going to go for it. Like, as long as it's like, as long as it is pretty much the same, (laughs) Mm -hmm. then I will be happy because then I won't have to spend like when I go to the arcade next time, like I played more area 51 after I got the N64 game of cruising USA. I'm like, cool. Now I can spend money on area 51 because I don't have a way to play that at home, but I can play cruising at home. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> like I didn't have a PlayStation at the time. I couldn't play Tekken, but I can play Tekken and I don't have to waste that money on cruising USA. 
And it was the same thing for my, you know, for whatever friend was with me, with my stepsister. Like if we're, if we got money to spend on arcade games, we don't have to buy the stuff that we have at home or, you know, we, we don't have to pay for the stuff that we have at home. So, so yeah. So I don't know, like (laughs) it was just different. (laughs) Sure. Um, so the soundtrack is kind of cheesy, but I love it. I think it's great. Um, yeah. No, I think it, I think if it's the game well myself. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so also some things that I learned about the United States from this game <laughs> is that you can go from the Grand Canyon to Mount Rushmore in a minute and 20 seconds. It's pretty <laughs> <No>. amazing. <laughs> you just, you basically just like blink and then you pass like 10 states. <laughs> basically yeah yeah and uh chris in usa also taught me that iowa and indiana are literally the same place oh wow okay <laughs> uh but yeah overall you know the game it's it's a simple arcade racer but it's really nostalgic for me and a lot of fun and like just kind of goofy but it's great yeah that that took me off guard when i was driving through the the Grand Canyon course, and then it's like, hey, look, it's and then it's like, Rushmore. hey, it's Mount Rushmore. I'm like, or what? Like, what? <laughs> it's like this hasn't been that long of a drive. Did yeah. I fall asleep? <laughs> yeah, I I knew like, you know, we'll talk about it with tracks, but I just knew that I was like, huh, there's like, you know, six tracks in California alone. <laughs> yeah, like and half of the game takes place in California. And I'm kind of like, ooh, like either they took some liberties or this is going to be a very long game. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's, it's funny. The first time that I played it in quite a while, like it was sometime in the past couple of years, and I did the Cruise the USA thing and I'd gotten through like the first five and I hadn't left California. I was like, crap, there's got to be way more tracks than I remembered. Nope, yeah. <laughs> there's not. <laughs> there are not, yeah. It's, it's like six, um, probably like seven tracks if you count like Arizona <laughs> in, in, on the West coast. And then there's probably like four or five others that are take place everywhere else. So, yeah. Um, but arguably the best part of this game, the music, right? Like, yeah, it's, it's fun. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so we'll talk a little bit about that. I'm not sure. Like, I mean, we, we, we gotta, we gotta, you know, play for you guys the main theme, right? That's a yes, that's an important one. And um, the one, the one that I think that you were talking about when you and I and uh, Gerald were speaking the other day, mm-hmm. I think it's Roadkill Jam. I yeah, think I that's think so the one too. that I think that's the one that you were mentioning. Yeah, I was listening to it because it's kind of like um, electronica, like guitar. I I compared it to Joe Satriani. It reminded me of some of his work, um, surfing with the alien and stuff. But, um, so, so we'll, we'll have to play that one also. Um, yeah. And then I think house special for sure. Just, yeah, it's, it, it's kind of <laughs> silly, but I feel like it's, it's iconic yeah. in this game. Like, I don't know. I'm always like, I always feel good when I hear it come on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, see, this is what I'm afraid of because I'm going to like, but, but we definitely have to, we have to try and play Deadwood Ride also. Like you got, you got to get that one in there at least a little bit. Just okay. I think, idea. I think I know what one that is. Yeah. 
Um, all right. Well, should we just get into it? Should we start off with the main theme? Let's do it. All right. Uh, so this is the main theme of Cruisin' USA from the N64 version of the game. your car like that's like all i hear in my head when i hear that yeah yeah it's it's really good uh i mean it's kind of a a simple simple loop like i was well you'll probably hear it with more of the racing songs they seem to have like a lot longer loops to them um yeah but that one like also some of that keyboard stuff reminded me of the main theme of pilot wing 64 also (laughs) like kind of that instrument that, that that's played so Anyway, I probably using the same sound data. Yeah. Um, all right. Which one do you want to do? Let's do. Um, let's see the other one that I recommended uh, or that that you said. I sh- um, the Roadkill. Roadkill Jam. Jam? Roadkill Jam. All right. Let's check out Roadkill Jam from the Cruising USA soundtrack. Roadkill Jam from the Cruising USA soundtrack. Was that what? Was that the one? Yeah, yeah. That's, okay. That sounded like a lot of electronica guitar, you know, kind of going on there. Um, it, I'm talking about longer loops, and that one you can you can kind of hear the seams a little bit more on that one. Like they're kind of reusing yeah. parts of it to make it seem longer. But that's that's what you had to do in the N64. Exactly. You didn't have that Red Book CD audio. Oh, <laughs> this was the opposite of that. Yeah, whatever that is. <laughs> um. All right. Well, what what do we got next? Any anything else you're feeling before we go to a, the house special? <laughs> um, you know. Um, do we want to do the Deadwood ride? Yeah, that that'll give you kind of like an idea of variety before we get to the house special. Okay. Well, uh, now is Deadwood ride from the Cruising USA soundtrack. 
is Deadwood Ride from Cruising USA. That one's fun. It starts off a little aggressive. You're like, oh my God, what what's happening? It's kind of like a drumline sort of yeah. Beat. And then the slide guitar comes in and you're like, oh, this is a chill, like fun Western track. Yeah. I also just hear, whoa, like <laughs> whenever I hear this, because I think it's like through Arizona or Death Valley or something that you like this song just comes on. Yes. Yeah. It's. Yeah, I think Death Valley was one of them that comes up. You, like, got the jumps. Um, They do, like, on, I remember 101 South for sure. That's the one that, that okay, comes yeah. up. Okay, um, yeah. So the, and a lot of these tracks are reused kind of on the, the um, uh, like, depending on the style of the tile set that they're using. So yeah. that's kind of the more western-y de- um, desert sort of areas, you'll get that. But if you they break it up so that you don't get the same song twice in a row. Like, so even though you go from death Valley to the uh, grand Canyon, um, they, the, the, uh, the other song that we listened to roadkill jam, that was the one that plays during grand Canyon. So it's just breaks it up a little bit. Um, even though you're in a very deserty part of the U S <laughs> yeah. And you can also like at will switch the music whenever you want. Absolutely. Yeah. Just, um, it's mapped to the A and B button. I was like, so not, or uh, not the default controls on the N64. It's the Z button for changing music on the N64. Oh, that was interesting. Cause yeah, I, I didn't touch the controls and it was just like, for me, it was Z was to go and then huh. A and B or A change the radio station. I can't remember which one, but I was just like, Oh, that's, different <laughs> yeah at least playing playing on my n64 it was like a was gas and b was break hmm. do you think the controls were configured on your save so i don't know because this wasn't my original save oh i don't have my original save anymore got it um because i think i inadvertently wiped everything when I thought that a memory card didn't work, turns out it was the memory card reader in the controller that didn't work. Mm-hmm. So I replaced a battery without backing up all the data because I thought I couldn't. <laughs> yeah. And there could be version differences, you know, like the version that I happened to play was listed as 1.3. So yeah. And I am, I was playing the cart that I got for Christmas the month that it was released. Yeah. So probably 1.0 or something. Yeah could have been um earlier as well but just some something that was really you know just to mention the um controls since we were talking about it is you can completely map the controls you can make any button you know if you want to change the radio station with the um joystick you can you can make that happen weird um yeah yeah or they they had a shifting mechanic like shifting up and shifting down with the joystick. I'm like, okay, I kind of see that, but you have to reach over because you have to use the D pad for steering. Like yeah, C buttons for steering or something, you know, like yeah. something other than the stick. Which uh, I tried using the D pad. It wasn't like as good as you think it would might be. So definitely preferred the joystick. Yeah, I've never used the D pad in this game. Yeah, well, using that brawler controller, the D pad is so much more accessible. Oh, that's <laughs> just true. Like, that's can true. reach down. So that's why I was like, I've been testing all these old games on the N64. Like what, what games use the D pad? Cause it's right there. I don't have to move my hand. <laughs> Basically none. 
<laughs> yeah, it it seems, but it's way more than I thought. Okay, just say that you know, like like this game, I would have never guessed like that you could use a D pad. All right, well, we got one last song here uh, called "House Special" here yeah. from the Cruising USA soundtrack. That is how special from the Cruise in USA soundtrack. And what I think is really funny is that song has the longest audio before it loops. Oh, yeah. yeah. And it's like the house music song. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I like to think that lady was having a surprising beverage. Like, <laughs> like it's, you know, satisfying. Like, ah, but ooh, it's surprising. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, piece of candy. Ooh, yeah. piece of candy. Now, ah. <laughs> feel free to turn me down here, but I think there's one more track that. All right, I, what do you want? I would really just, and this might be my one of my favorite tracks, but it's after the race. The music that when you're sort of okay, your yeah, stand, it's it's kind of the my favorite. I just have to say, I was gonna say the best, but I, I can't say it. I I have listened to this music endlessly repeat <laughs> for hours of my life. Yeah. So this is the Cruising USA music after the race. And that is our after the race music from Cruising USA. 
Yeah. Th- thanks for letting that loop a couple times. It's just, yeah. it's really good. It's just got that funky bass. Um, it reminds me of like the, like the intro music to like home improvement. Like it's <laughs> <laughs> for some reason, but it's just like so nineties. It's so good. You know? So, um, I mean, you know, I can't say it's, I can't say it's better or worse than like the Mario Kart after the race music because it's just so different. But <laughs> Mario Kart 64, little solo piano you get going on there. That's that's really good. But. Yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, even though I like them both, I'm going to argue Mario Kart 64 in yeah, this case. Yeah. No, I, yeah, it's very different though. You yes. Know? So. Dun, 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 dun. Anyway. Yeah, it's very good. And then the like the little like <laughs> trill or not trill, but whatever ah. it is. Yeah, it's really good. I'm gonna play some Mario Kart. I love you, Koji Kondo. Yep. <laughs> um All right. Well that's that's the music. Um any final closing thoughts on the music? No, not that I can think of. It was just like I was a pleasant surprise for me. Like it was better than I remember. Um so Oh man. That music has just lived in my head like <laughs> <Rent free>. since <laughs> since 1994 like it's like any cruising like if that half of that word even comes up cruise and like yeah whoa, whoa. <laughs> like <laughs> just burned into your brain yeah basically. it's it's just there yeah it's fine though i'm not mad about it <laughs> Um, all right. Should we talk about the cars? Yeah. Yeah. There, there are seven, seven whole cars that you can race with. Three of them are hidden though. Yeah. Um, they, the, the cars in no particular order. We have a, we have the 63 muscle car. It's based on a 1963 Chevrolet Corvette Stingray, but it isn't one just based on one. Yeah, I was going to say, like, I had to guess. It's basically a Stingray. But. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we also have La Bamba, based on the deluxe Ford Coupe. That's a really nice-looking car. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I used La Bamba, the, like, a lot when I was growing up. Uh, yeah, that... Uh, if I had to guess, like, I would say that that was either first or second pick. Yeah. Yeah, we also had... The Devastator 6, based on the Hyundai HCD2 Epoch, uh, an early concept of the Tiburon, apparently. Yeah, I was going to say, I was thinking like Eclipse or something like that, but that's, yeah, pretty much it's a it's a Tiburon. <laughs> yeah, we also have the uh, Italia P69, based on the Ferrari Testarossa, as you would see in something like Outrun. <laughs> yeah, yes. <laughs> And that's what I use basically the whole time. This yeah. So my, my first run through the like race across the U S was in that Ferrari Testarossa. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also have the all terrain vehicle, which is hidden. It's based on the YJ Jeep Wrangler. Mm-hmm. Um, and this car also appears as an obstacle, you know, one of the, <laughs> one of the cars out on the road. I think all the hidden vehicles do basically, right? Uh, yes. And then the next two hidden vehicles, I also did the race across the USA in, uh, one of them being the school bus based on the second generation GMC S 6000 BP, sorry, B six P zero. 
Mm-hmm. You know the one. <laughs> it is noticeably smaller than its it NPC. It is. It's like <laughs> half the size of the other buses on the road. It's mm. it is now I, I it is literally a short bus as far as like the height of the bus. Oh, okay. Like in length, it's a regular bus length, but it is like actually squashed down and shorter. Um even the assets look stretched and squashed. So anyway, so there's a school bus. And then lastly, we have the police car based on the fourth generation Chevy Caprice 9C1. Um, and it is also one of the cop cars that's out on the road that you can run into. Yeah. They don't seem to mind too much. They just go about their business afterwards. <laughs> yeah. And then there is a list of non-playable vehicles, a.k.a. obstacles, the other cars on the road which is a second generation Dodge Caravan, a second generation Chevy C10 Custom, uh, first generation Ford Mustang Fastback, that should have been in the game. Mm. Uh, first generation, she- I mean, sorry, should have been in the game as something to drive. Same with this first generation Chevy Chevelle Coupe. Also a 1978 Motor Coach Industries MC9 1985 Kenworth T600. Oh yeah, big old semi truck. 1978 Seagrave. Oh, it's a fire truck. I see. Seagrave okay. M. So yeah, those are all the vehicles. Apparently, um, the harder the difficulty, you complete the game in the like race across the USA mode. Then you can unlock different color variants of the main vehicles, which some of them are faster. Yeah. Um, but also with the hidden vehicles. Um, if you are, you, if you are playing this on a Nintendo 64 and you hold the up C left C and down C buttons on three of the four cars, that's what it switches to the hidden vehicle. That's how you see the Jeep and the school bus and the police car. Oh, okay. But don't you have to unlock them first? Nope. No, you can just use them. You just hold the buttons down and then all of a sudden you get to use them. Oh, that's cool. Okay feel like i might like younger me knew that at some point because yeah. i was pressing buttons when i was on the um when it when i was on the car select screen just to see Funny. if i could change the color i did the same type of thing i was like but i didn't do it right like i didn't do yeah. the right thing right away it was like only after i read about it that i was like oh yeah okay that's how you do it yeah i was doing things with the c buttons i was like something was c left i was trying to like yeah, yeah anyway so um yeah, cool. I mean, a cool. It's not a. It's not a extensive, you know, playable car list, but I think no. it it does the job. And I think they all pretty much handle the same. Yeah. Really, it's just like aesthetics that you're going for. And I could be it, wrong. <laughs> you know, they're pretty thorough with the obstacle cars too. They're all based on real cars, more or yeah. less. Whereas, like, I think I remember playing Need for Speed Underground. There was like two different types of car. You had car that you could run into and these like milk truck, like delivery truck things that were always white. It was like those, that was it. That was the whole game. So good attention to detail. Yeah. Let's see. Uh, should we talk about the tracks? Yeah. Yeah. I I bet you had to press the C buttons to get to the hidden tracks also because I couldn't figure it out. You know what? Maybe. Um, I did not try that because yeah, there are four tracks that are listed as hidden, uh, because you can't just straight up select them 
on the menu, like on the main track menu screen. Yeah. Um, seemingly the only way that you can play these hidden tracks being Golden Gate Park, San Francisco, Indiana, and Washington, D.C., is if you do the cruise the USA mode. But, yeah. you know, the, they're... There's probably there's probably a way to unlock those. It's I'd I'd be surprised if it wasn't holding the same buttons. <laughs> yeah, something uh, along those or, lines. Yeah, something similar. Because I I definitely wanted to race uh, a few of them, namely San Francisco. That was the one that I wanted to race again. Uh, yeah, because it was at the very beginning, basically. So, um, but yeah, that <clears throat> track list you said the I'm just gonna say in order that they go through on the um. In the uh, cruise in the USA mode. Literally the first seven are in California. (laughs) I was going to say, yes. Half of the game, half of the game is in California. (laughs) They must have been California devs, maybe. I don't know. (laughs) No, they were in, if it's, oh wait, maybe I'm assuming Williams is in the same place as Midway, which was Chicago. Mm Mm-hmm. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, well, maybe they did their own little road trip and they, um, you know, got really good at taking notes and taking pictures towards the end of the trip when they were in California or something. Or maybe it was the start of the trip and then they were driving through the middle of the United States and were like, we don't care. Yeah, exactly. There you go. They have, maybe, they have maybe, blast. maybe they were on a bus. They started at the Grand Canyon. They all fell asleep and they woke up at Mount Rushmore. Maybe <laughs> that's why. There you go. <laughs> they were like, oh, crap, we didn't see anything in between. <laughs> we were all sleeping anyway. Yeah. It, that, that's about right. The time frame, <laughs> you know, drove all night, you know. Um, so for tracks, Golden Gate Park and San Francisco. Um, US 101, the Redwood Forest, which I was trying to kind of place, but I, I can only imagine maybe the, the Sierras or something like that there. Uh, Beverly Hills. Or maybe maybe since it's going south from San Francisco using 101, maybe it's through like um, Big Sur area. Yeah. It's supposed yeah. to be the Redwood Forest. Yeah, I guess if you were going that way, that would make sense. Um, Except you'd have it, to take Highway 1 instead <laughs> of 101. Yeah. Anyway. Now we're nitpicking this completely inaccurate video game. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then you find yourself in Beverly Hills, um, LA Freeway, and then uh, Death Valley, and then finally leaving California. <laughs> For the second half of the game, now that yeah. you're leaving California. You find yourself in just Arizona. Nothing about Arizona. You're just there. <laughs> then the Grand Canyon, I guess. Grand Canyon counts, I guess. Yeah, um, at least at least part of the Grand Canyon's in Arizona. If not all of it, I don't know. You sort part of, of zip teleport <laughs> to Iowa. Um, <laughs> yep. Yeah. I well, I happen to know that like Lake Powell that feeds from the Grand Canyon is a is a tri-state line. So there we go. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was gonna say I thought it was more than just that, but then I just didn't want to be like it's in multiple states. Yeah. And then be wrong. Nevada, Arizona, Idaho. I think that's how it goes. Um, okay. Uh, so, okay. Then you teleport over to Iowa. Um, and then you go to Chicago, which I, I personal opinion here, I'm just going to be straight up, that's the worst track. That that one drove, that one took the most tries to get first for me. Any, um, any like, it was the, dude, it was the same in um, 
burnout <laughs> when we played it like any of the chicago <laughs> ones with the the pillars coming down because of the yeah like the subway system or something or yeah. the whatever the train system that's above the traffic that makes for the like it's it's so recognizable which is cool but it's the worst racing conditions <laughs> yeah pretty much and you know, we'll talk about the AI and stuff like that, but just that particular course was like you, yeah, you had obstacles on the road, like the subway system, you go into a tunnel with a divider and then you come out of that tunnel oh into God. more subway and yeah. like, like more uh, pylons, essentially pylons. Exactly. Yeah. They got the memo about constructing additional pylons. Anyway, um, <laughs> need more best speed gas. <laughs> uh, Indiana, which is, you know, basically the it's, Iowa. It's a thing. carbon copy of the Iowa level. Like, I know that, like, not every turn is exactly the same, okay. but okay. literally all the assets are exactly the same. Yeah, I didn't think it was going to be turn for turn, but I no. wanted to check with that. Um, Appalachia, and then you end your journey in Washington, D.C., which I was a little disappointed. I was hoping for a New York or something, um, but nope. Didn't it's not that, that important. Yeah. <laughs> New York's not that big of a deal. We got yeah. we got our seven California tracks. Yeah, get out of here. <laughs> yeah, like there are places that it's like, wow. I mean, it really never occurred to me until we like played it for the show that half of the game is in California. Yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't have really yeah, put that together. I mean, they even, you know show you with stars like where you've been racing and yeah the west coast is it's very heavily stacked <laughs> so well i know you were alluding to something with the ai anything in particular you want to mention uh, yeah i was just gonna say like it's just really unpredictable and you know you don't get a lot of like frames or even pixels to represent that a car is coming and i just get frustrated that sometimes like if they just stayed in one lane, it would be fine. But some of the cars like to swerve <laughs> right when they get to you. And it's it the Chevelle, goes. especially that thing is notorious for like zigzagging, being a drunk driver, trying <laughs> yeah, to get basically. into your lane and hit you head on. And it's like, they're not staying in their lane. They're not even staying on the right side of the road, you know? So, I mean, neither am I, but still, <laughs> like, yeah. It's, and, and some of the collision, I kind of see what the reviewers were talking about. It's, the hitboxes seem a little big at times. And sometimes when a car is stuck in front of you, there's no reverse. You can't back yeah. up and go around. You just around. have to keep trying to push it and spin out. <laughs> yeah, just keep spinning out. Um, going, I mean, one early in the game, I remember one of the, uh, you know, the uh, other racers just hit me from behind and spun me out and just, they were kept going. And I was like, oh, okay, we can just hit cars from behind and they spin out. Great. I don't know if there's a weight system with the different cars or whatever. Yeah, but, I don't know. Um, you know, because I was able to do that, but I've also hit cars from behind and we both spun out. So yeah. um, it's kind of all over the place. So that's, but again, Chicago, you have a limited, you, you're you forced into the center of the pylon. So you've got two lanes out of the four that you can really work with, or you could, you know. And then you've got that drunk dude. Yeah, swerving exactly. in the middle of that and you're like i'm just i'm just gonna die right now yeah exactly and um so just doing the races over and over kind of just felt like an rng sort of thing but luckily 
you can save your progress. You know, it's the memory pack is supported. I could turn off the N64 and just come back and try yeah. again later. And I definitely wouldn't have finished the game if, if I had to do it all in one sitting or something like that. But yeah, I love that it, it does save your progress in the middle of that cruise, the USA stuff. So you're like, yeah, you can, you could be just out of California finally. And then be like, I'm going to come back and finish this later. I mean, when we had an N64 in the early days, I definitely don't think that we had a memory pack. It was a while before uh, we you got didn't one. have Turok yet then. No, Turok uh, yeah. is why I have my memory card. <laughs> I mean, we played Turok, but we always started from the beginning of the oh, game. Oh man. <laughs> over and over, played the first couple levels, turn it off and <laughs> that that was like my first month of owning an original PlayStation. Yeah. Like crap, I can't turn this off. Because I can't save. That was how I originally. I think that's. I think that's the original way that I played Parappa the Rapper. Mm-hmm. It was like I rented it uh, and didn't have a didn't have a memory card. <laughs> and like the PlayStation Two, there was a pretty big shortage. Also, we're I'm digressing here, but that was also it took a while for us to get a PS Two memory card for sure. Oh, it's not for me. It's not that they weren't available. It's just I didn't buy one yet because <laughs> I was a kid yeah. and I didn't have a lot of money. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, whatever. I'm used to going to the arcade where I have to start everything over from scratch at the very, you know, no matter what. So yeah, sure. Let's play this. Let's play this rented game from the beginning 50 times this weekend. I was just reading, um, some of the comments here on this fandom that says a fandom user in December 6th of 2020 said, love this game so much. It brings back memories. And in just in a, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the next person asks, Hey, how do you get the hidden cars? And then as someone else commented in July 2nd of 2021, uh, you, um, if memory serves, you hold down some of the C buttons. <laughs> if you're playing on the N64. <laughs> I thought that was funny. just love that. That's even, even in, even in 2021, people are not <laughs> Googling the thing and they're just like posting on a forum a fandom forum for a game that maybe somebody in the next year will respond to. And then they don't even give the full answer. (laughs) I love it. It was like a two month spread. I love it. (laughs) But it was like, I think it's something with the C buttons. Yeah. It's just, it's back in the day talking, talking to your friends on the playground, not having the internet, (laughs) even though this is happening on the internet. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I think it was this stuff. Hmm. I man, I wish I wish I had a way I could figure that out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I guess any any other thoughts about cruising USA? Any any closing words? Any any opening words? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it looked really good on my. Um, I played it uh, just on my OLED TV with my retro tank. Yeah. And yeah, the blacks looked really good. <laughs> the game like um i i had i forced myself not to stretch it on the display yeah don't stretch Uh, but it when it first came up it came up stretched already i was like it looks fine it looks no but (laughs) i decided not to Um, i'm part of the anti-stretch gang yeah it's (laughs) it's it's the right way to play for sure with these games and you, you do get used to it um so if it released if it released in four three, you gotta play it in four three unless it's a remaster. Yeah, exactly. Um so it yeah, no, I mean it I think it held up surprisingly well despite you know the reviewers just 
pooping all over it. Um, but I had a lot of fun with it. So, uh, I was going to say thank you for choosing it, but I chose this one. Yeah. You're welcome (laughs) (laughs) to yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, I, I love this game. It's funny. Like this, this has been something for sure that I've wanted to talk about for a long time. Um, I've just kind of always had it in my back pocket as like an emergency game, but it's fun that we've actually just like that we've done it now. Um, Mm -hmm. So yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad. Thanks for picking it. (laughs) Yeah, no, I mean, cause I don't think there's anything on the list. You know, we have a a list of backlog and there's nothing objectable. Like a lot of your picks. I also want to play those games. Like I think what you put, you put most, I've, I've added a couple things over the years, but, (laughs) but yeah. yeah, I mean, it was just a big brain dump at once of just like, what would be, potentially interesting to either play for the first time or to play again that we can mm-hmm. talk about. All right. Well, I think it's all I got. I love cruising USA. I wish I could play it in an arcade somewhere. Um, yeah. but I love the N64 version. So it's, that's, it's that's all good. The thing it, it, it iterates, right? Like it was an iterative arcade cabinet. So they took out the USA ones and replaced it with cruising world. And that was it, you know? And then Exotica. Yeah. Which are both on the N64. So I wanted to yeah. fire those up. I was surprised Exotica. I was like, how many years? Like, was this an annualized franchise? Anyway. Well, crazy. you know, it could have been, could have been at the very end of the N64's life cycle that Exotica yeah. came out, maybe. Or I don't know. Or maybe, I mean, since, and since Cruising USA came out in the end of 96 on the N64, but it was, a 94 like came out in 94 in the arcades like it's possible that like in 97 they were already putting out like cruising world or something in the arcades so i looked it up uh exotica is was released on the arcade in 1999 it came out october 17th of 2000 okay in 64 so yeah pretty pretty late there so around the time that the playstation 2 came out in the u.s i think yeah is when cruising exotica came to the n64 Got it. Yeah, I always forget. PlayStation Japan 99, 2000, US. Yeah. All right. Well, should we get the heck out of here and go talk about what we've been playing? Yeah, let's do it. All right, let's get in that time machine. And we have arrived back to present day, which, again, it is the past for you, listener. Uh, today is October the 5th, 2023, and we have just come back from 1996. And all that, like, ooh, ah, ooh. <laughs> all, all that funky music with Cruising USA. Yeah, it was fun. <laughs> all right, well, now we talk about the stuff that we've been playing. And though I have a, a, a usual large list, I guess for myself, I didn't play a ton. Like I didn't spend a ton of time on a lot of these games yeah. with the exception. Like I put the most time into Starfield. Sure. Um, yeah. and I think that I am at the very end. Well, not think I know that I'm at the very end of that game. And I, I'm fairly certain if I turn in one of the quests that I have open right now that I, I finish the game like the main story anyway. Oh, okay. So I'm considering sitting on that for a while 
and going off and doing like the Freestar Collective quests and finishing like Ryujin Industries quests. Or I'm also weighing just turning it in and opting for a new game plus, okay. which, which yeah. would make me lose all my credits, all my mm. guns, all my ships, all my everything except for the level that I am and all of the points that I've specced into things. At least that's what I have been told about new game plus. Okay. So, and what I know from the story, like new game plus actually makes a lot of sense. So, um, but I'm not going to say more than that. <laughs> okay. Um, cause then, yeah, then I, I feel like I'd start to give some stuff about the game away. So anyway, um, yeah, so I haven't decided what I want to do with the, with Starfield and, and what I'm going to do yet. So I'm going to be, I'm going to be milling that over for a little while. Uh, mm -hmm. maybe the next, maybe over the weekend. Cause I've got some plans. Um, I've got, got stuff going on. Um, and I'm going to be busy, so I probably won't even be able to play Starfield until like, I don't know, maybe <laughs> I'm like, I won't even be able to play until like two days from now or something, <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> which feels like an eternity. Um, so anyway, uh, yeah, so playing a lot of Starfield, I'm still loving it. I think it's great. Um, also I beat Astro's Playroom on the PlayStation five. Oh, you finished it. Yeah. All right. Oh, that's, that's awesome. Yeah. I, I was like, I was jumping into another game and I was like, you know what? No, I'm going to go into what comes with every PS five. And cause like, I really enjoyed what I played at your house and I only played like part of GPU jungle. So I left yeah. that one for last and I did everything else first. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, it's really cool. Like I had a lot of fun with it. It makes me wish there was a like more like fleshed out Astro's playroom style game um, that was bigger yeah. than, than this, even though this is great. Like I, no complaints, super fun, very charming. Um, just wish there was more. And I have also played probably an hour and a half or so of Spider-Man Miles Morales, the PS five version. Um, mm -hmm. since I got a physical copy of that, uh, it plays like Spider-Man on the PS four, which that's great. Uh, Spider-Man on the PS four is super fun. Um, so I am looking forward to going back and then finishing what I've started with Spider-Man Miles Morales. Um, also, cause I started downloading a bunch of stuff that I haven't played in a while or, just that I own that's a PlayStation exclusive onto my PlayStation 5. Uh Parappa the Rapper. Like the the remaster version that came out for the PlayStation 4 back in like 2016-ish, or maybe mm. it was maybe it was earlier than that. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I started playing some of that, which, you know, I love Parappa. Parappa's great. Um, and then I was thinking about like games like the next three games came from me going like maybe I should pick this for the show. And, uh, one of them is fire shark, which is a shmup on the Sega Genesis. It also received a, it also received an, a, like a new port from M two and like multiple fire shark games, um, from the arcade, from the Sega Genesis, from the, from from some other consoles as well or like other computers home computers i don't know mm. um but it's very fun it, it reminds me a lot of 1942 um 
Okay. But it's a bit more fun than 1942, even though I have a soft spot for 1942. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I played a bit of that and I was like, yeah, that'll be it. And then I was like, oh, maybe I should think of something that's Halloween themed. And then I'm like, well, this is still the beginning of October, so it doesn't have to be Halloween themed. But then I played Devil's Crush for the TurboGrafx-16, which is a pinball, but demony, devilly styled game, which actually, I'd never played that. I'd played Alien Crush before, which is the prequel, or, you know, I'm not prequel, but I mean, it's the first game of mm-hmm. these series uh or of this series so i didn't like alien crush as much devil's crush turns out is the like or or, sorry demon's tilt occult pinball is the spiritual successor to something like devil's crush oh interesting so it felt super familiar playing the game and i love it and i'm still going to play some more of it um but I have not selected that as the podcast game. Um, Also just for funsies played dragon's fury on the Sega Genesis because it's literally the same game as devil's crush. It just has a different name Mm. and the, well, and it's drawn on the Sega Genesis as opposed to the turbo graphics turns out, even though it looks good, does not look as good as it does on the turbo graphics in my opinion i feel like the graphics and the detail the detail in the graphics is way better in devil's crush um but dragon's fury is fun like if you if you don't have a way to play turbo graphics slash pc engine games then play dragon's fury on the sega genesis it is a great like spooky ish styled uh video pinball game so if you like if you like video pinball check it out it's fun by you know today's standards, it might seem weird. Why would they um, release the same game under a different name? But publishers were like kind of picky about that, especially like Nintendo. They wanted games to be exclusive, and they were cared more about the title than the game content itself. Well, uh, at the same time, though, like uh, this is like post Satanic Panic era because oh. this is like th- I think Devil's Crush came out in 1990. Okay, so it's like. The, the fact that even devils is the first word yeah. <laughs> of the title of that game that came out in North America, like that's, that's even kind of surprising that it sold at all. Or I don't know, I guess it would have the opposite effects and then kids want to play the devil's game, whatever. Sure. Yeah. Um, so yeah, anyway, so that at least that's what I read about why dragon's fury is called dragon's fury is because Sega and Teng- Tengen, Tengen, Tengen didn't want to deal with devil being in the name. <laughs> yeah, I guess that makes sense. I was thinking of like, you, you know, um, the Teenage Mutant Ninja, Ninja Turtles, like the beat 'em up game um, uh, that we played for the show. <laughs> Turtles in Time? Um, yeah, Turtles in Time, and I think it was Manhattan Project that was on the Genesis, which which is the oh one. no, so the TMNT three, the Manhattan Project is on the NES. Uh, um, okay, but then there's uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles: The Hyperstone Heist. Hyperstone Heist is what I was thinking. But it's also like, not the same game, even though it's very similar. Like yeah. whereas Devil's Crush and Dragon's Fury are literally the same game, okay. but they just look and sound a little bit different. Mm-hmm. but all of the things that they made still look like each other and all the representations are there. It's just like, 
the the color palette is different for each system and i guess the output of pixels like the size or the amount of pixels they can output was technically different so that's why like things look a little more squashed for some reason i think on the genesis version even though it can display more pixels they've got like a little sidebar on the right anyway it yeah (laughs) part of the porting process but this was when games were you know had to be different on different consoles there's different we're we're living in the antithesis of that yeah we're we're living at like playstation 5 and and xbox series x are like you know, as far as like the the hardware is practically identical by yeah. comparison to like comparing something like the Turbo Graphics sixteen and the, and the Sega Genesis. Yeah, and the it more now more than ever because back in the PlayStation Four and Xbox One era, the PlayStation Four usually ran at a slightly higher resolution, like at least before this yeah. the One X came out. Um, like 900p versus 1080p yeah but now that's no longer that there are no visual differences in like 99 percent of the games that are yeah. coming out they're all the same resolution and i actually heard recently that the or it's it's sort of theorized that the series x hardware is actually more powerful yeah yeah i've so seen that um it's kind of interesting not like not that it would really be noticeable necessarily yeah I, th- I think like spec sheets it's technically more powerful but like that that Just doesn't really matter. Cool for Sony that they've they've op- optimized things in a way that where they can you know punch at the same weight. So I think that's cool. Um, I've been playing a few things. Uh, yeah. So. I'm not playing the Sims right now. I just like <laughs> it fell off because I just was like, Oh yeah, snow runner. I want to go that used to run really good on the steam, uh, steam deck. So I fired that up again. Um, it's not, it's not optimal. I have to run it at low settings and I, I bump it up to 40 FPS cause 30 doesn't feel quite as good. But I, the, one of the reasons I put this on is one of the things about like games like this, like driving games, you have to hold the trigger down like all the time when you're driving for long periods of time, my finger starts to hurt. So what I did is I mapped um, one of the back buttons a while back uh, so that I could, you know, like switch fingers and use like my middle finger or my ring finger or something yeah. to hold down the power, the, the throttle. But then I was like, Hey, I can actually do some cool stuff with action sets and radial menus with the touch pads. Um, but it's even easier than that. Basically I have in like an autopilot mode. If I tap the right, um, stick, it took me like 10 seconds to set this up. If I just press the right trackpad, um, it'll stay, the throttle stay on. nice so then i can completely rest my right hand it doesn't have to do anything and then when i need finer throttle movement i just tap the trackpad and then i'm right back to uh using the the sticks uh, the triggers again you got cruise control yeah cruise control essentially i was gonna it's autopilot but cruise control is more accurate yeah and because i mean sometimes those tires just start spinning and you're just like inching along this long road yeah (laughs) you're like man my finger is so tired just holding it wide open so anyway um it's a very slow game but i i just i'm enjoying it i'm actually in alaska now i actually like pulled all my you made out it of the michigan area i made it to the second world that shipped with four worlds oh, <laughs> after geez. all this time and I, I think i just had my play time up on this thing but um i'll i'll find that in just a minute um but 
<laughs> I've been playing a long time. And that's the thing. I played on the Epic Game Store for a while too. So it, it's missing yeah. that information as well. So that's right. That was the version that we played originally. It was the yep. one on Epic. Yep. And then I figured out how to move my save over. And then I was on Steam. Man, I have not opened the Epic Game Store launcher in like a year. Yeah. Yeah, same. Um, I I didn't I didn't touch that. Um, I, I, once I got snow runner off, I'm like, okay, I don't really have a reason to come back here now. So, yeah. Um, and, and I picked up Titanfall two on steam now. So I'm sure it has to use a launcher somehow to open it, but at least I can launch it from steam now. So, um, that was a big one. Um, or is that EA? I'm thinking of, I think that's EA. Yeah. EA. Never mind. Okay. Um, I also, played spider-man miles morales and hey. i actually finished it last weekend so nice. and it's really awesome it's pretty short um so don't worry i'm not gonna say anything about the game really it's just that i it comes i really enjoyed the story you just and go a, flip flip all over the place it, it could have been really cheesy i think but it's just like it's actually good and um you know and you're sort of early enough and this isn't a spoiler i'm gonna say but like um I think it's kind of interesting some of the stuff that Miles is going through. Like he's dealing with things like imposter syndrome because like yeah. enemies and, and NPCs are like shouting like, saying, no, the real the- Spider-Man. Yeah. You're not the real Spider-Man. All this stuff. You're just a kid. All this, all this stuff. And I was just like, dang, like <laughs> this is cutting. This feels it's real. harsh. It's like stuff that we deal with in our lives, you know? Um, So there's another example I actually forgot, but I don't want to bring it up because it might be a story. I I did have to go save a cat named Spider-Man. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's that's great. He's like, like, hey, I'm here. Like, I can help you with the cat. He's like, oh, I thought I was going to get help from the real (laughs) Spider-Man. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. but yeah, that's a that's a funny sequence. So, uh, and then once I finished that, I well, I purchased a month of PlayStation Plus uh, extra so that I could play Miles Morales because I knew it was going to be pretty quick. I could finish it. Why month. didn't you just win a raffle and like, get it? <laughs> I know, I know darn it. <laughs> I was going to enter the raffle too, but I I wish I had, but I, I slipped my mind. Well, now I'm glad you didn't. <laughs> yeah, I could have. I mean, for my for my own like selfish reasons <laughs> yeah no i mean it would have been awkward because i wanted i would want a way to you know like for you to have it <laughs> like, you know somehow but um uh, but yeah then it would have been like yeah anyway i probably would have gave it to you we'll just say that. So, <laughs> probably <laughs> oh but i wouldn't have got miles morales yeah well yeah that's probably true that's actually, i didn't i haven't own it um Anyway, so I, <laughs> I, I, it, that took me like a week and a half to beat. I'm um, just playing a little bit in the morning. Yeah. And then I it, it, yeah. It doesn't look weekend. very long. It was, it was really quick. So I still got three weeks left. So I haven't played. So last time I had PlayStation Plus, I think a Rift Apart, a Ratchet and Clank was not on there, but it is. No, because it, it's like, it's, it's pretty new, isn't it? You know, I think it came out early in the PS5 live cycle, but it wasn't, I don't think it was on PlayStation Plus like this. For, okay um earlier so i i i think i don't know if it was a launch title but i felt like it came out earlier it's a it's been out for a while but it's really good i'm actually having a lot of fun with it like i've tried a few ratchet and clank games 
in the past i i rented the original the ps2 original and i played through it um i don't think i finished the boss i was kind of like all right I, I think i'm done i see where the story's going i'm just going to return it um because it was gamefly rental want the next game um but I'm having the most fun I've had with a Ratchet and Clank game since then. So cool. it rem- reminds me a lot of the original. Um, uh, it's got a lot of like uh, interdimensional stuff, like you know, like into the Spider Verse sort of stuff. And I, I think it's, I think it's awesome. <laughs> I love it. I love those stories. Um, so I'm gonna keep playing that, having a lot of fun. Um, it uses a lot of the like Spider-Man Miles Morales. I think I. I have two dual sense controllers and I was able to use each one to finish the game basically like it before it died. Yeah. <laughs> so it was two dual sense charges. Oh, I have noticed Clank, that the battery goes fast. It does, especially on games that heavily utilize it, which is my point. Yeah. Ratchet and Clank utilizes it a lot, even though I've turned it down because I got kind of tired of fighting with the triggers. My fingers got tired. Yeah. <laughs> too much no runner probably. <laughs> um, so Anyway, um, but it still runs pretty fast. I've already gone through two batteries and I don't think I've played for half the time for Miles Morales. So, um, yeah, it goes quick, but it's nice to have two. Just have one. That's so funny. Like, I haven't unboxed the second controller because I haven't played that much. But now I realized I'm probably going to need to so that I can keep playing. Because I, with with my Xbox, I just use, like, rechargeable double A's. So when I know that I've played for 20 or so hours on my double A's, I'll just throw my double, like a a fresh set of rechargeables, like down on my desk right next to me for when I see that thing pop up and then I can just replace the batteries and keep going. So yeah, that'll take some um, getting used to. It will. Um, So I just keep the other controller plugged in all the time. So whenever... It, I get the notification. I just swap them out. But oh that, yeah, I even got a little charging dock that came with my yep. whole thing. I should set that up. Set that up. Yeah, it's nice. <laughs> Have it all set up. Um, so yeah, and even the the battery load notification, I think, is a little overzealous. I've I've forgotten that that notification played up, and then played for an hour or so, okay. <laughs> and it still hadn't died. So anyway, there's that. Um, last thing I played actually recommendation recommendation from Chrono, um, as maybe like for a future show, uh, is Cave Story, which is a game that I had never played before, and I um, kind of like a good book. I started playing, and it just I kept turning the pages. I kept when I had free time, I just picked it up and kept playing. Uh, I enjoyed the puzzles about it. Um, the final boss was was challenging, but I don't think unfair. You know, it took me a few runs, but I, I got it done. Um, so I definitely want to cover this at some point because apparently it it came out like before we had like the, you know, XBLA, um, Xbox Live Arcade, like indie game renaissance, like just the, like yeah, it, uh, the so the the solo developer put it out in 2004. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It, right around that, just before that time, and I think it inspired a lot of projects like Braid and and Super Meat Boy and those sort of like small team solo projects. Um. It, anyway, so I just, I it's really good. Um, it's a it's a Metroidvania that sort of jives with me, and I really enjoyed the story. I thought it was you know, um, 
you know, actually kind of like, just like scary. It seemed like there's a lot of ramifications that were sort of happening with the story. Um, reading steam reviews, like checking it out. Um, uh, a lot of people said like, Hey, this game changed my life, all this sort of stuff. I'm like, dang, like this, that's a lot. Like, and I, I, I guess I can kind of see why it's really, it's good. I don't think maybe it's not life changing. That's a little, a little, a little crazy, but, um, the way that I played it was they have this, um, there's a mod it's called, uh, do wait, do ukutsu, um, dot or dash RS mod do do kutsu. It's too late for me to try and pronounce that <laughs> anyway. Um, but basically it's just gives you an executable for like Mac, um, PC, Linux, whatever. And you just drop the executable right in place of the other one and you just delete the one that you have and it's it's just like a mod that like gives you better fonts and like the health bars are repositioned in a place that makes more sense with the bosses so the bosses aren't on the the they they would put the health bars in the bottom right corner of the screen instead they put it at the bottom and it fills the whole bot just little tweaks like that and apparently it's it's more in line with some other releases that came out like on the um, on the on the Wii it was released as a WiiWare game um, so I guess it's a more consistent thing they kind of like bring back features that were removed in the steam release um, yeah and anyway it just played really well in the steam deck I couldn't get the controller to work in Linux mode so I actually downloaded the Windows version and then it worked fine so okay that was well, interesting controller support for older Linux games is a little dicey. Um, it just, it, it says that it's supported. It just doesn't detect it. It's a little weird. Um, but that's, that's all I've been playing. I, that went on way longer than I meant to. <laughs> so <laughs> just been playing some good stuff and having a lot of fun. Cool. Well, Hey, that's what this is all about, right? Yeah. <laughs> I'll say here, here. Okay. Well, after a lot of deliberation uh, about what the next game was going to be, uh, which happens a lot uh, for both of us, yeah, um, I've ultimately decided that Parappa the Rapper 2 will be the next game, um, which I fired up and played like a, a couple levels earlier and was like, oh yeah, this is really fun. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah, I'm excited because... You know, immediately after we finished Parappa the Rapper, which isn't a long game, I was kind of like, huh, I wonder what the next one's like. So, yeah. And that was back in episode like 14 or 16 or something <laughs> like that. So it's been another like 80 episodes or so, or not 80, oh sorry, God. 70 episodes or so since we've played that game. So it doesn't feel like that long no. ago that we played Parappa the Rapper. That's why, I but that was a long like, time ago. Yeah, apparently, yeah, multiple years. I yeah, guess. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, I I'm excited because like I know that I have beaten Parappa the Rapper two, but I think I've only beaten it once, maybe mm. twice. Whereas the original Parappa the Rapper, I've beat a, like a bunch of times, and I've like I just I love that game. So, so you're ready for another one. Yeah, and like I don't know. The so I'm I've started playing the PS2 version on the PS5. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um and I got to say so far like I'm not noticing like for it being a music rhythm game, 
I'm not noticing any like issues with like timing or latency. Maybe, maybe it's just a lot more generous. Um, but I feel like I'm like right on it and I'm like doing, doing great. So hopefully I, I maintain that. It's good. Yeah. Cause th- th- that was maybe one bone I had to pick with the first game is the timing was a little tricky. It well, didn't feel it, consistent, uh, which is especially because we're like, we weren't playing it on a CRT TV ever. Yes. So PS one. Yep. Yeah. So that was, that was, that, that's definitely part of the hard part of the game. Like, yeah. And the PSP version of the game that you can play on the Vita or the PSP also like it's supposed to be more like technically it's supposed to be more forgiving if you're not, you know, for the people not playing on a CRT, but it didn't feel more forgiving. (laughs) (laughs) No. Yeah. And even the PS4 version, like I think that was based off the PSP version that was technically more forgiving, but not really. Not really. So anyway. So yeah, more Parappa. I, I love me a music rhythm game. I love me some Parappa. So we need to Parappa the Rapper 3. Hopefully, yeah. hopefully having one person, maybe two people play Parappa the Rapper 2 on the PS5 will finally show Sony they need to make Parappa the Rapper 3. <laughs> we can only hope. <laughs> it's like, let's see how many simultaneous users we can get playing Parappa the Rapper 2 on PS5. <laughs> It'll be like three people. Anyway. Well, got anything else before we get the heck out of here? I wish. I'm having so much fun, but it's probably bedtime. <laughs> yep. Well, now you can dream of Parappa <laughs> and cruising USA and going, ooh, ah, ooh. <laughs> All right. Well, let's let's do this. Let's Let's start moseying. I hit my button. Music should be starting soon. But hey, everyone, there it is. Thanks so much for listening to the show. We know there are a lot of podcast options out there, and we appreciate you taking the time to put our words in your ears. It really does mean a lot. You can also check out the website at www.retrogametimemachine.com, and you can subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Good Pods, Podorama. Insert podcast app name here. Uh, and, uh, you know even more apps than what you can think of. There's so many of them. Uh, You can join us on Discord. You can follow us on Instagram. Come and join us next time when we talk about Parappa the Rapper 2. May your video games be fun, and bye for now. See ya. See ya.